So, so we've talked strategy, right? What about tactic? So you're, you're a marketing guy. We, we've talked about ideas, right? Theoretical ideas as to how to generate the business, uh, ideas for those things as to kind of messages to push out there to, to the consumer marketplace. How would you get the messages out there? What do you think is going to be the contractors, you know, maybe top one, two, three bread and butter tactics to make the phone ring, get the web forms, get the chat forms, those types of things. When you look at value, the technical term is relative perceived value, RPV. What that means is that value is relative, relative to the situation. So part of the training for our group on our management team is we've sat down and said, well, hey, we've got this number of crews, we've got this much overhead. We gotta sell this many jobs in order to not lose money. Your job is simply to share, you know, as a technician or as a salesperson, is to share good information so customers can make good decisions. Yeah, so are we still talking about uh, the slow season? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, because I think the media uh, changes yeah. based on the seasonality, right? Sure. During the peak season, people are consuming like crazy. I mean, during the shoulder season though, uh, digital, for example, isn't really gonna be that effective. You know, paid search would be a good example. You know, good SEM, search engine really marketing. There isn't as many searches. There's yeah. still some people searching, but they go way down. So, you know, spending money there, you're probably not even gonna be able to spend your budget. It's not right. gonna be effective. Um, so uh, we like to take an invasive approach. You know, call center, uh, direct mail is a good example of that. Uh, you know, following up on that process. Um, for us, because we have a more mature company, we have some service agreements. Um, what we do is we'll, we'll make sure that we have a promotion with our technicians that's, that are armed. So daily training with the technicians about the training is an execution, is a tactic. Again, placing the tech in the home, getting the opportunity, it only works if we actually convert the ticket. So if I do a, a $99 drain cleaning and it's a $99 ticket, that's not good for the tech, it's not good for us. Uh, so we want to identify the problems. So training is key. Uh, and then collateral materials. We have tons of collateral materials that we have. Um, EGI's got most of that stuff posted out on the website at this point. Oh really, okay. Uh, so. Yeah, we've got one-page collateral materials on just about every product and every service in, in the platform. So, you know, you, you want your techs to have those types of things, but you want promotions. You want to make it simple for the customer to buy. So uh, we do a 30-day trial period in our promotional period. So I would come to Wally's house and say, Mr. Long, you know, if you're interested in this, we can put it in for you and you have 30 days to test drive it. We're not going to charge you for it. At the end of 30 days, we'll check in with you. If you're good, we'll, we'll run your credit card. If not, We'll come back and we'll take it out and there's no blood here. So we've made it simple for Wally to say yes in the shoulder season. So um, we haven't taken any out yet. And that we've been doing that for, I don't know, since about 2009. So now uh, you know, sorry for interrupting, you know, as well as I, I mean, we've been in this contracting business forever and a day and your old company and maybe I probably haven't heard of your new company yet, but how do you handle, because you own two companies currently and I work with clients, but how do you handle the, the perennial Every time your guy comes to my house, he's trying to sell something. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's one of my favorite questions. Well, I don't, I think that you want to be careful that you train your men not to sell. I think you want to train your men to have a conversation and educate, ask questions, uh, inform the customer based on their interests. Um, I, I think if you are trying to sell, that that does create that particular persona. And I think that's the flaw is they're not being trained well. 
Uh, and there are companies that definitely are guilty of that, so for sure. Your job is simply to share, you know, as a technician or as a salesperson, is to share good information so customers can make good decisions. Yeah. You know, and if I do my job well, then you as a consumer can do your job well. And hey, if you always want to say no, you can always say no. That And, and I actually brought up a, another interesting point I was thinking about is, you know, as we're kind of coming out of where, like you had said, we may, as, as contractors, may have made a, a lot of money, right? but we probably left a lot of opportunity out there too, right? So let's not forget about the quotes we gave the last 120 days as comfort advisors, right? Let's not forget about the technician recommendations that are still hanging out there from the fact that we were so busy over the summer. And like you said, it might be a little invasive, but I think it's just as a customer courtesy. Just follow up on those quotes, follow up on those tech recs, and say, hey, I understand we were out there, and maybe offer some value-added yeah. service or a discount on those to take advantage of those before you start the the next busy season, because you've got some some bandwidth on your schedule that you can take advantage of that now, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a style it's a style question of follow up, yeah. right? You can follow up and be aggressive. You can follow up with good style, and people actually are happy that you followed up. Yeah, you know, you mentioned technicians that are, and I've heard this a million times, just like you guys have heard. Like I, every time I go out there, it's like you know, my homeowner's like, "Why are you at always trying to show me something or trying to sell me something?" And what I tell technicians is, when you look at value. The technical term is relative perceived value, RPV, and that R is relative. And what that means is that value is relative, relative to the situation. Yeah. So if I ask you right now, what's a pair of shoes worth? You know, we'd all give a different number, right? If, uh, if, if you said to me right now, well, I got this, this bottle of water and I'll sell it to you for a hundred bucks, I probably wouldn't buy it. Why? Because I got two bottles over there if I want it. I got a refrigerator full of them. And I really don't need your water for a hundred bucks, but let's suppose it's next summer and I'm stranded in the desert and I've been there for a week and I'm dying and I'm crawling out of the desert and hands and knees and you come driving by in your Maserati and you say, uh, I still got this bottle for a hundred bucks. I might give you a hundred bucks, right? My desire, the value of that water is relative to my situation. Right. So when you're in talking about air conditioning or indoor air quality or whatever is to a homeowner, their situation may have changed since last year. Right? Last year, they may have been okay getting by with a barely performing air conditioner. This year, maybe the guy got married. Maybe his wife's pregnant. She's not going through the hot summer. So you, you can't assume that people are static. That, that's one thing I tell people. you got to understand people's situation changes. The other thing is, is that people don't freaking remember what you said six months ago. They really don't. That's on our, our head because we say it every day. So we, listen. They do I, remember how you treated them, though. Absolutely. Yeah, my Angelo. All right. They all remember how you made them feel. But... The bottom line is they don't remember what we said six months or a year ago. We yeah. do because we say it every day. Yeah. I remember one time uh, when I first started getting the keynote speaking and I would be really concerned like if I went to a similar group or the same group a year later and I just feel like I had to have everything new to say. And what I realized, people would come up and say, dude, you didn't tell that joke from last year. Oh, you didn't tell that story. They wanted to hear it again because their buddy with them hadn't heard it. They'd been telling them. So the bottom line is people just don't remember what we said last year. Their situation may have changed. That's our junk in our trunk, right? That's our brain damage getting in the way of just doing our job and telling people about their problems, offering solutions, and shutting the hell up. Should you tell your wife one time that you love her? <laughs> it reminded me of a joke. This, this old couple one time had been married 50 years, and the wife said, you never tell me you love me. And he goes, that's not true. I told you at 19 and 39, I loved you. <laughs> you can't just do it once, right? Right. Hey, one segue on the shoulder season that it's kind of an important uh, point that I think it's worth talking about sure. 
is... Sebastian's really good, by the way. It is. The Symmetry is definitely a fine, fine cigar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, highly recommend it. Can we enjoy, I'm Kamiki. enjoying it from a distance. Kamiki. <laughs> yeah. We're probably saying that wrong, by the way. But So I think uh, contractors <laughs> would benefit if they actually sat down and they did a, uh, a capacity forecast. How many crews do I have? Uh, what's my... Uh, ability to sell those crews during the shoulder season, you know, um, sort of the accidental sales versus the what do I need to promote, and then uh, how many jobs do I need to produce to actually hit break even, which gives me the need to have an overhead number, and so there's some financial discussions that occur there. So part of the training for our group on our management team is we've sat down and said, well, hey, we've got this number of crews, we've got this much overhead, we got to sell this many jobs in order to not lose money. And if we don't lose money in the shoulder season, we consider that a win. We, we've checked a box. And if we can sell more and we make money, that's fantastic. So I think one of the challenges and one of the things that EGIA has that's in the platform is we force the conversation to say, uh, well, how many crews do you have? What's your capacity to install? And uh, what is break even? And then let's talk about how do we promote to make sure that we get you to at least break even. So as a contractor, you get to keep all the profit that you made during your peak season. So. We, we need to have that conversation with our team of, of um, a community of members as well. So, right. so in, that, in that situation, are you taking into consideration historical data? Yeah, we start with historical data. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but to Wally's point, things change. So yep. Dallas, Texas this year, it rained and rained and rained and oh, it was cold. And horrible. I mean, they were having a bad time, you know, the first four or five months. And June wasn't a good month. June's normally historic. It was crazy hot. So this is a good example where it's different. So that's why we look 30 days, 60 days, 90 days out. You know, what's what's the forecast? What do we think is going to happen? And so normally in July in Dallas, you would not be promoting. But right. this year in July and or June in Dallas, everybody is like, I got to do something. And so it was it was uh, we so we do start with history, but we also interlay, you know, what we think is going to happen as best we can. And that's that's educated guess. But, hey, that's why we got coaches like you around and coaches like Wally, you know, to say, well, have something in the hopper. Don't assume yes. that it's going to go well or poorly. You know, let's plan for the worst and, you know, get it done. So you're saying have a contingency plan. Yeah. Because if the weather doesn't show up, right, like mm -hmm. it didn't, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I have mm -hmm. a couple clients in Dallas as well. And it really wasn't until the second week of July. Right. And it got hot, and they were crazy for like two weeks, and then it kind of dried up again. And disappeared again. You know, so you know, you, if you went into that summer thinking you were going to be busy from, like you say, almost May right through August, yep. you got a rude awakening. And if you don't have a contingency plan, in, you know, plan in, oh my goodness, there's well, a committee, right? A contingency <laughs> plan in you place. Want some more committee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have any Ashton. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if you don't have that plan in place, then what do you do, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to suffer. Yeah. So you always have to have a contingency plan, right? You also have to have a contingency plan for what happens when you're overwhelmed, right? When you Red exceed... Red flag procedures, we call them. <laughs> exactly. You exceed capacity. A good problem to have, yes, yeah. right? But uh, you better be ready for that, too. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we, we definitely. We call them red flag procedures. And uh, that's when, you know, the... Basically, the weather pattern is working in our favor, mm -hmm. and uh, we the the word backlog is kind of a word that we don't like. A lot of people might like that word, but for me, backlog is is you know money not in the bank. It's a derogatory <laughs> word in our company. Installs you might lose if we, you can't get to them. Well, so our goal is to try not to have as much backlog as we can. So we'll work the capacity overtime, pay pay to work on the weekends and so forth. But yeah, I think what we do do is we focus on 
um, the high material, low labor he, jobs. He said doo-doo. Just, just for emphasis, he did say doo-doo. So, this is a PG program. Yeah, come on. There's kids. Poo-poo head. <laughs> you said doo-doo. Well, if that's the, if that's the worst thing that I comes out of my mouth, this is an unfiltered do, do, do program. Good. This is unfiltered. If that's the worst thing that comes out, I think we're probably okay. So um, <laughs> it makes the PG-13 rating. may not be PG, but it's PG-13. Yeah, I think so. What we're, what we're thinking about is uh, high material, low labor jobs, Drew. We're, we're, what we do is we look at areas where we have serious duct modifications, airflow issues. We, we take those jobs. We want them but we actually try to migrate those into November and December for us. Okay. And so we're willing to give the customer a discount to do that. And as long as they give us a non-refundable deposit, we'll get them pre-approved for financing and so forth. We'll give them temporary cooling. We'll come back and take care of it. But we try to take the, you know, the three and four day type of jobs where we're gonna remediate airflow where there's a lot of labor on it. Okay. And uh, so what we can do then is we can do more high material jobs that are basically one day installs. Now. 99 out of 100 contractors are probably going to love that idea. Uh, the difficulty becomes in putting the process in place to execute. train your salespeople to execute that discussion. Okay. Uh, so it's taken us a couple of years to do that. And we've done it very successfully the last few years. And our profits have been, you know, basically gone over 20% because we've made some of those adjustments. Nice. Previous years, we were not doing that that well. So we were making a lot of high labor jobs happen in July. Now we were pricing it for gross profit dollars per man day. So we were still making money, but not as much money as if we sold a new 20 inverter or you know, a 19 C or two stage, sure. uh, you know, where we didn't have to do the duck. So I think um, we, those are red flag procedures. Those are conversations that you have before it gets crazy. And that way the contingency plan is there. So it's both, it's you know, when it's not going well and when it's going so well that you can't keep up. You know, I think, uh... That'd be a great discussion to have at some point. Um, the, 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 the divisor method versus your preferred method of gross margin dollars per day. And you just kind of touched on it there almost in passing that when you have jobs that are, you know, low materials, high labor, you know, mm -hmm. that the divisor method doesn't work so well. Not very you, can well. Get, you can get toasted. Yeah. But if you got your gross margin dollars per day, and so I want to have that discussion later on. Okay and go into detail in the, in, in the difference between those pricing strategies and, and really why they're important and you know, what they are and why they're important to understand the difference. I love that. I'll, t I'll tell you what I think. I think that's gonna require rum, not, not whiskey. <laughs> well, that's a discussion I'm willing to have. have Is that 50-year-old rum? That's 50-year-old rum. We're gonna need 50-year-old rum on that. I heard yeah, about this. Rum. He may have to break out a whiteboard. Oh my goodness, you'd be like- uh, Show us some math. You'd be no like, you'd be like no the, political, the political guys in the news with the no math board. theories and concepts only. No yeah. math, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Great discussion. Awesome. Um, good advice for anybody in the contracting business. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Kamiki. Kamiki. Or whatever. Ashton. Kamiki. Ashton. Have a great night, boys. <laughs>